Welcome to She's in Control with your host Sally. She's in Control is a podcast that brings to light inspiring stories of Arab women. Every Sunday, we invite you to join us as we delve into the life of impactful Arab women who has made significant contributions in fields such as sports, business, art, culture, or politics. We promise you a journey of discovery and inspiration where you encounter stories that challenge your perceptions, encourage your ambition, and fuel your dreams. Today, we have an incredible journey to share, the journey of Dalida. Dalida, born as Ayolanda Cristina Gigliotti in 1933 in Cairo, Egypt, was a renowned Italian-Egyptian singer, actress, and cultural icon. Her life was marked by both triumphs and tragedies, making her one of the most fascinating figures in the history of popular music. Dalida was born into a middle-class family in Cairo, Egypt, to Italian parents. Her father, Pietro Gigliotti, and mother, Filomena Giuseppina, were born in Calabria in Italy. Pietro studied music in school and played violin in taverns. Giuseppina was a seamstress. By birth, Dalida automatically gained Italian nationality having both Italian parents. Unable to make a living in their hometown, the young couple moved to the Shubra district of Cairo the year they were married, where between the birth of Ayolanda's older brother, Orlando, and younger brother, Bruno, the Gigliotti family became well-established in the community. In addition to earnings from Giuseppina's work, the social status benefited when Pietro became Primo Vellino at Cairo Kedivial Opera House and the family bought a two-story house. At 10 months old, Ayolina caught an eye infection and had to wear bandages for over 40 days. Her father would play lullabies on the violin to soothe her. She underwent eye operations between the ages of three and five, having to wear glasses throughout elementary school for which she was bullied. She later recalled, I was sick enough of it. I would rather see the world in blur than wear glasses, so I threw them through the window. Alina attended the Scuola Tecnica Commerciale Maria Auxiliatrice, an Italian Catholic school located in northern Shubra. In 1940, Allied forces took her father and other Italian men from their quarter to the fight prison camp in the desert near Cairo. The Allies forces were an international military coalition formed during World War II to oppose the Axis powers. Its principal members by the end of 1941 were the Big Four, United Kingdom, United States, Soviet Union, and China. When Pietro was released in 1944, he returned home as a completely different person, so violent that Ayolinda and other children in the neighborhood were scared of him. She later recorded, I hated him when he beat me. I hated him, especially when he beat my mom and brothers. I wanted him to die, and he did. Ayolinda was 12 when Pietro died of brain abscess in 1945. She demonstrated a passion for singing from a young age, performing at family gatherings and local events. In her teen years, Ayolanda developed an interest in acting due to her uncle's job as a projectionist for a local cinema and often participated in school performances at the end of the semester. 
She graduated in 1951 and began working as a copy typist in a pharmaceutical company the same year. While required to work to financially help her family, Irlanda still had acting ambitions. Shortly thereafter, her best friend Miranda encouraged her to compete in Miss Undine, a minor Cairo beauty pageant, which she entered on the assurance that it was just for fun and that her mother would not find out. When Irlanda unexpectedly won second prize and Miranda won second runner-up, they were photographed and published in newspapers Le Journal d'Egypte and Le Progrès Égyptien. The next day, when her mother found out, she forcibly cut Iolanda's hair short. Eventually, her mother relented and Iolanda left her job to start modeling for Donna, a Cairo-based fashion house. Three Egyptian film directors placed Iolanda in their productions. Marco de Castine cast her in The Mask of Tutankhamun in 1954 and Yazi Mustafa cast her for a supporting role in A Glass and a Cigarette in 1954, on which posters she appears were her newly adopted stage name Dalila, because, as she explained in 1968, it was a very frequent name in Egypt, and I like it a lot, she said. Modeling and acting led to her discovery by French director Marc de Gastine, Impressed by her talent and beauty, he encouraged her to move to Paris to pursue a career in entertainment. Dalila's move to Paris proved to be a turning point in her life. Her first residence was a room in an apartment of Gastine's friend, the impresario Vidal. She met with a number of directors, auditioned for movie roles, but failed each time. Vidal relocated her to a smaller apartment where her first neighbor was Alain Delon, then still unknown to the wider public, with whom she had a brief relationship. For those who don't know him, Alain Delon is a French actor, singer, filmmaker, and businessman. He was one of Europe's most prominent actors and screen sex symbols in the 1960s, the 1970s, and 80s. Dalida's difficulty in finding acting work throughout 1955 led her to try singing. Vidal introduced her to Roland Berger, a friend and professor who agreed to give her singing lessons seven days per week at a low price. He was strict and used to yell, with Dalida responding even more loudly. Their lessons sometimes ended with her slamming the door, but she always returned the next day. Seeing her progress, Berger arranged for her to perform in the cabaret Le Drador on Champs-Élysées where she was spotted by Jacques Pauli, the director of another cabaret, La Villa d'Est. Pauli engaged her for a series of performances that proved popular and Dalila received her first attention of the public and friends, among which was Bruno Cocatrix, the director of Olympia, who invited her to perform at his singing context Les Numéros 1 de Demain. In future years, Cocatrix said, her voice is a full of color and volume and has all that men love, gentleness, sensuality. Dalida was also spotted by author and screenwriter Alfred Marchand, who advised to change her name to Dalida. Your pseudonym resembles too much the movie Samson and the Delile, and it won't help to boost your popularity. Why don't you replace the second I with a D, like God the Father? She immediately accepted the change from Dalila to Dalida. On April 9th, 1956, Dalida participated in the singing context Le Numéro 1 de Demain, performing Étrangère au Paradis, and she won the context. 
That event was later perpetuated in biopics and books and became regarded as fateful for Darida's career. In 1956, she released her debut single, Bambino, which became an instant hit, topping the French charts for several weeks and launching her into stardom. Throughout the late 1950s and 1960s, Dalida's career soared as she churned out a string of successful singles and albums, becoming one of the most popular and beloved singers in France and beyond. Her music, characterized by its emotional depth and rich vocals, resonated with audiences across the world. Leading an international career, Dalida sold several million records around the world. Her best known songs are Bombino, Gigi L'Amoroso, I love this song. This is one of my favorite songs of Dalida, Gigi L'Amoroso. There is also a great success of Salma Ya Salama. There is also Les Paroles, Les Paroles, featuring spoken word by Alain Delon. Dalida's appeal transcended borders and she achieved international fame with hits in multiple languages including French, Italian, Spanish, Arabic and German. She became particularly popular in Italy, where she was hailed as a national treasure, and in the Middle East thanks to her Egyptian heritage. Although she shot a few films alongside her career as a singer, she effectively reconnected with cinema with The Sixth Day, a film by Yusuf Shaheen released in 1986. For those who don't know him, Yusuf Shaheen was a very famous Egyptian film director. He was active in the Egyptian film industry from 1950 until his death. He directed 12 films that were listed in the top 100 Egyptian films list. The film The Sixth Day was successful in Egypt, where 3 million people gathered in Shubra, the town Dalida grew up, to see Dalida at the preview. In France, although the film was hailed by critics, it became a commercial failure. Despite her professional success, Dalida faced numerous personal struggles throughout her life. She endured several failed relationships and marriages, experiencing heartbreak and depression. Tragically, she also suffered the loss of loved ones, including her former partner, Luigi Tenko, Italian singer, songwriter, and actor who died by suicide in 1967. For more context, in January 1967, she took part in the Sanremo Festival with her new lover, singer, and actor Luigi Tenko. The song he presented was Ciao Amore Ciao by Love By, which he sang together with Dalida, but Tenko failed despite Dalida's performance. Tenko died by suicide after learning that his song has been eliminated from the final competition. Tenko was found by Dalida in his hotel room with a bullet wound in his left temple and a note announcing that his gesture was against the jury and public choices during the competition. Prior to Tenko's suicide, 
Dalida and he has become engaged. One month later, Dalida attempted to take her own life by drug overdose at the Prince de Galles Hotel in Paris. She spent five days in a coma and several months convalescing. Dalida returned to the stage the following October. In December 1967, she became pregnant by a 22-year-old Italian student, Lucio. She had an abortion that left her infertile. In September 1970, her former husband, Lucien Maurice, to whom she was married from 1956 to 1961, killed himself by shooting himself in the head. In April 1975, her close friend singer Mike Brandt leaped to his death from an apartment in Paris. He was 28. Dalida has contributed to his success in France when he opened concerts for her in 1971 at L'Olympia. In July 1983, Richard Jeanfray, her lover from 1972 to 1981, killed himself by inhaling the exhaust gas of his car. These hardships took a toll on Dalida's mental health, and she struggled with depression and loneliness. Despite her personal challenges, Dalida continued to produce music and perform throughout the 1970s and 1980s, maintaining her status as a beloved icon. She experimented with different musical styles and continued to captivate audiences with her powerful voice and stage presence. However, the weight of her personal struggles became too much to bear, and on May the 3rd in 1987, Dalida tragically took her own life at the age of 54, leaving behind a legacy that endures to this day. So, she committed suicide by overdosing a barbiturate, which is a depressant. She left behind a note which read, La vie m'est insupportable, pardonnez-moi. Life is unbearable for me, forgive me. Dalida is buried at the Montmartre Cemetery in Paris. She remains one of the most influential and reversed figures in the history of French and international music, remembered for her immense talent, charisma, and profound impact on popular culture. Thank you for joining us today on Choosing Control Podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing, leaving review, or share this episode with your friends and family. You can also follow the podcast Instagram page. It's called she.is.in.control for behind-the-scenes contents and updates. Looking forward to meeting you next Sunday to share with you another inspiring story which I hope you will like. See you next week.